Hello, welcome to YouTube Success, the podcast where we're talking about YouTube success. And once again, I've got somebody who's not necessarily fully focused on YouTube, but she is a speaker at TubeFest. And with the previous speakers that you've heard from so far, I wanted to bring Sam in and just talk about her journey, really. And I think actually from a YouTube success point of view, this is going to be really interesting from you if you're looking for financial freedom and work-based freedom, all of that kind of good stuff. But the first thing we should do is the most awkward thing for most people, and she's super prepped with this, is ask Sam to introduce herself. Hi, Matt. Over Thanks to you. for having me um, on the session. And also, yeah, really excited about TubeFest. It is going to be an incredible event. Um, so I'm Samantha, Samantha Cameron. People know me as Sam. I'm the social media alchemist, and I help businesses turn their content into gold. I'm a social media expert, social media psychologist, and strategist. And what I do is I help businesses, entrepreneurs, people that are using the online space to build their business to actually look at selling and social media strategies to be more consistent and visible so that they can build the business that will give them that flexibility to work when they want to work and the income that they want to earn and also choose who they want to work with and, and that's what this is all about. This is why we work for ourselves, isn't it? This is why we quit the corporate role or that, you know, that really slog of the rat race to work for ourselves because we want something better. Um, and that's what I help businesses do. Perfect. And I really want you to pay attention to that. If you're somebody that's just getting started in your YouTube journey and you're thinking, is it something that's possible for me to leave my corporate job, maybe you're a part-time YouTuber or something like that, this session is going to be really important. And I, and I think, be, but I'll, I'll kind of preface it with, just remember that we're a little bit further ahead than you. And so when Sam describes it, mm -hmm. it takes a bit of time, takes a bit of strategic thinking, and we'll come to all of that as yeah, we talk so about this stuff, I'm sure. So Sam, I, I guess whilst I'm talking about the time it takes, why don't we go back to where you were before so what is it you started out doing where was you when you decided to make this leap into doing oh, your God. social media okay so I've been doing this for over eight years now so in the social media world I'm a bit of a dinosaur but you know it doesn't mean that I don't know what's happening um, and what's going on in the social media world how my journey kind of started out so I had my own I'm a mum of five got five children and I worked in the corporate world um very very you know long hours traveling and 13 years ago decided that we would after having a break from our older three we would start having children again so it was very we yeah. had two small children together very difficult to continue doing my corporate role so I left I was actually made redundant which was really handy what was the corporate for, role? What um, were you doing? A large bank. And I was an account relationship manager. Yep. So I was doing a lot of traveling. I was traveling all over the country, which is really difficult when you've got two yep. small children that are a year, there's a year age gap between the two of them. So we made this decision that when redundancies came up, which they often did back then in the banks and still does now, I don't think, I mean, a lot of people say to me, oh, you know, running your own business is a bit risky. I think actually having a job these days is even more risky. 
at least if you've got your own business, yeah, you're yeah. in control of with what happens. So I took the redundancy, but I've always been independent. I've worked since I was 16. You know, I had my own house and mortgage at the age of 18. So I've always had money. I've always been independent and I wanted to do something, but I wanted to be able to be at home with the two smaller ones, but then be there at home so that when the older ones came home, I could be around. So I qualified as a childminder. And it, you know, I got a couple of, I got a family that had two children themselves, started looking after them. But me being me, I've always been an entrepreneur. My dad always said to me as a, you know, as a kid, I could sell ice to an Eskimo. I've always been an entrepreneur. And yeah. I've, you know, I had like three jobs at one point. And it's, it was like, actually, how can we make this bigger? And within three months, we turned my little child minding business from two children to 48 children on the books. We turned the whole downstairs yeah. of our house into like a nursery. I had two um, staff members working for me as well. And it was great. It was brilliant. You know, it was having this business and the dream was to then find premises to really take it to the next level with a big, massive nursery and after school care. But what happened was I was finding that my children were starting to get neglected because I would be, you know, playing with another child or looking after another child and I couldn't sort out my own. And I think the day that reality hit was when I couldn't actually take my kids to the dentist because they, they were like, oh, no, our appointments are nine to five or school holidays. And it's like, but I'm working constantly. I can't leave the children... Yeah that I'm looking after to take my own children to the dentist. And it was, it started to really take its toll on me, the family and the house. So uh, six months before all of this, I'd been introduced to network marketing. When network marketing was at its high, massive high. And um, I thought, do you know what, this is an opportunity for me to earn a, a bit of extra money. Maybe I can reduce what I'm doing with the child minding um, and it would be a nice little side hustle. So I started doing that. And then within three months of the network marketing, I'd made manager position, which normally takes people around two years. And I'd done it all, I did it all through social media because having the two small children and actually having a full-time business, I couldn't go out and do what was traditional with network marketing, which was basically going to people's houses, doing parties, speaking to people in the street, going to, you know, to networking, that kind of thing. I just couldn't do it. So I started building my network business within social media. Then because of the success I had, head office said, would you mind coming and do some social media training just to show others how it's done? Yep, not a problem. Started doing that. Then other network marketing companies heard and were like, could you come and do training for us? Would you mind doing it for us? Yeah, not a problem. So the company that I worked for, the head office knew what I was doing and they were fine with it. But unfortunately, the people at the top within the network marketing, unfortunately, you know, they think that they can do whatever they want, weren't happy, put a complaint in with head office and said that I needed to stop. And it was like, hold on a minute, I'm a grown woman. I pay my own bills. I shouldn't be, yeah. no one should dictate to me what I do. Uh, you're kind exactly. of independent, aren't you? Or, or yeah. you, It's sold as like an independent run business, but actually oh the hierarchy God, of corporate definitely. still exists. And it was this witch hunt and it was awful. So I spoke to head office and said, look, well, head office gave me an ultimatum. You either 
you know, stop doing the social media training or, you know, you need to, you know, you're going to lose your business. So I made the decision to walk away. I love the business that um, I love the products that the business do. I still use the products and I still have my manager's discount, which is great. But then what happened was I then became a freelancer for all the other network marketing companies and was doing the training for them. And then my husband said to me, look, if you're doing it for them, why don't you do it for other people? But I had this mindset of, no, that's my comfort zone. I can't do, I can only do that for these people. I can't go out and do it for Joe Bloggs, who's a plumber or that big company, you know, computer company. No way. This is my comfort zone. This is what I know. Um, so I bit the bullet and I went to a networking event that I, because I used to network quite a lot when I was working in corporate. And then I did a little bit of networking with my, you know, when I was in the network marketing business and I went along and explained what I was doing. And it was incredible because people were like, well, do you do training? Yeah, I can do training. Do you do social media management? Well, I do my own so I could do it for other people. And within two months, I had 30 clients where I was doing social media management for them. And oh my God, that was burnout, yeah. massive burnout. And I was charging pittance. I was working all hours, God. And I was like, I can't do this. Can't maintain this. It's just not healthy. So we went away over Christmas and New Year. And I decided to put my prices up. Emailed all my clients and said to them, from the 1st of February, these are going to be my prices. Thank you for being with me at the start. But I'm now, have a, you know, I have a proper agency. This is what the prices are going to be. And when was that? Eight years ago. When was that? Yeah. Okay, so it's eight years ago today, actually, because yeah. at the time we're recording, it's so the first of February. That's amazing. What happened was, out of those thirty clients, ten stayed, the rest left. Which I knew that's what would happen because I knew that there were people that would value me I... and know that what they were going to pay going yeah. forward would be a value. So that's how. Do Do you remember what? Just, just oh, sorry to interrupt you, but just do you remember what you were charging before? Oh my and god, what you so this is really to? going to scare you. So, for social media management, yeah. for doing a post every single day to one platform, I was charging £99 a month, and I put and I put the prices up wow. to 250 Um, we now charge 400 a month yeah. for one platform, um, for a post every yeah. single day. So, we have you know, we've kind of scaled, but it was in a way, it was. I had no mentor. I had nobody telling me this is what I needed to do. Yeah. So it was figure it, go on, Sam, you've got to figure this out yourself. So it was a really interesting one. And then I started doing a lot of training. A lot of the stuff I did from a training element, I did for free in the first kind of six months of that year. I remember running a training. There was a solicitors in Milton Keynes for new businesses because I'd, I'd applied for grants and startups and everything else to help me get going. And one of the things I could do is I could use the function room of a solicitors in Milton Keynes, which was great. So I ran all my trainings there and my trainings for six months were free. And I would have 100 people in on these trainings at any one time. But I do feel that that was the foundation to getting my name out there, to building up my pipeline. And, and it's kind of I then started doing things in the right way because then my trainings became paid for. Yeah. Anytime I worked for somebody, I would charge. I started to learn my worth and my value. And that's really important, what we yeah. need to do. 
So yeah, so moving forward now eight years, I'm I have my yeah. Can, can I just can I just dig in? Yeah. Can I dig in? Sorry again to interrupt you, <laughs> because I'm finding this fascinating. I, I just want to dig into some of this stuff because I was writing it down as you're talking about it, uh, and I think this is really important because you're flying yeah. through this stuff, and there's so many important things here. That, like even going back to the the child minding thing, you, like in in a small period of time, you've gone from a couple of clients to 48 yeah. or whatever the number was that you said exactly which is huge right and then you went into the network marketing and you took something that should have taken a long time you did it in in a quick time so you're obviously very self-motivated very driven to get the results that you're trying to get to and I think part of the we shouldn't ignore that because you say it so almost Blase. passively and flippantly <laughs> but actually yeah. that's huge yeah, yeah, it's blase, yeah, but but it, it's huge, right? Because you you need that actually when you're starting. When you and I, I would wonder, and I will come back to this question in a second. But I wonder what was your main driver at that point? But I just want to come to these numbers before I ask you that question. So you went from ninety nine pound for thirty posts, yeah. 30, 31 posts. You know what I mean? A monthly a daily post for a month, right? And was it, did you do it weekday we, or did you do it every I day? would do a week at a time. So I had 30, like 30 clients. Oh was it seven God. days or did you just like, do it work, working days? I would be like doing like seven, eight clients a day. Ridiculous. I was working ridiculous hours. Okay. So at that point, so I worked it out. You had 30 clients charging £100. You yeah. were about three grand, And then you upped that. To two fifty, mm. you said right, and you went to ten clients, yeah. and you were getting two and a half grand. So you shed twenty clients of work that yeah. must have been killing you at that point to do ten, and you yeah. only were five hundred pound less. And what? What? So and you? So again, I worked it out. It's three pound a post up to thirteen pound a post. Like that's a huge lesson in itself about you. You said about knowing your value and you know, taking that, I'm so overwhelmed, because a lot of people as well, when I speak to them and I, I say, oh, you should do YouTube, they say, oh, I'm just so overwhelmed. How can I add this other platform into what I'm already doing? I'm already so busy. I'm already doing all the things. And it's like, well, actually, if you just reevaluated why you're so busy and what you're doing, perhaps the price increases the thing that you should be doing. That's the thing you should consider. And you've proven that, that you've cut down your work by a third or two thirds, sorry. And you've about at the same amount yeah. of income. And, and they, if anything, the income now, didn't drop because the time that I had back, it enabled me to then go and do one-to-one training with clients. And I, I think at the time I was like, at that time I was do, I would do a two hour training session for like 149 quid. So I would have one of those a week. So actually I was working less hours. I had, nicer clients I had less clients I had more free time um, and I was earning around the same kind of income yeah so and also you know when you started and you got those 30 clients as much as that was difficult actually I would imagine that the pressure of all of that probably made you far more efficient than a lot of people that maybe go straight away and get the high ticket clients because you were forced to be more efficient 
And so you were forced to find the ways and the strategic yeah. ways to do these things. So then, yeah, it must have been a dream then moving to, to ten in that way. So, yeah, I want to dig into that. We'll come back to what happened after that. But I want to dig into the driver of all of this because you said you were made redundant. You've got two young kids. What do you think? And you said also that your dad said you could sell mm-hmm. ice to Eskimos. Do you think you've always been driven oh, then massive. as a kid? Yeah. Because there's a lot to be said from like somebody saying you can do something as a parent, you know, you always think yeah. that your kids can do everything, don't you? And you want them to be able to do everything to actually go in and living up to that. So what do you think was... I think for you me, know? it was always, I always wanted to have the nice things in life. So, you know, as soon as I turned 18, it was like, I'm buying my own house. And that's what I did. As soon as I turned 18 and I knew I could get a mortgage, it was like, right, what does my deposit need to be? And I remember my deposit was £2,333 for my first house. I mean, God, you wouldn't even be able to buy a car for that these days. I was like, right, okay, I'm going to earn. I'm going to make sure I've got that money. So I was working as an estate agent at the time. And then I went and, I went and found a job in a pub. Um and it was like, right, I'm going to work the hour. I'm going to work in the estate agents during the day. I lived at home. And then in the evening, I'd work in the pub. And it was that drive to go, right, I need to get that money. But then my mortgage, I bought my first house for 32 grand. And it was like, right, I've got a mortgage to pay now. I only pay my parents five quid a week rent. I've now got to pay a mortgage. I've got nothing to put in my house. So I had to buy furniture. So it was this drive to actually have that independence, to have that house. And that's what I've always, always kind of strive for. And it's, I think it's, I think money is a great um, motivator, but it's also having the nice, it's, it's being able to have those choices. And I'm not saying money brings you happiness because I, I don't think it is it isn't the whole thing for happiness but what it does give you it does give you those options to decide okay do we want to go away this weekend yes we can because we've got the money to do it and or do we want to go out for a meal or should we order a takeaway tonight or shall we move or should we buy a new car or should we go on holiday or shall we give back and do something for charity or you know and things like that so I think having money is is a or money is a great motivator and it, it is for me but also it's that sense of achieving yeah. and I'm and now I think my motivator now it, it, like where I'm taking the business moving forward it's not just about me it's about what I how I can do that for other people as well Yeah 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 I mean, it's really funny when you say, like, I wouldn't say money buys your happiness. I don't know where that comes from, whether it was a film or whether it's a line in a book or something. But, like, I just don't buy that. Like, for me, I'm financially driven and I'm far happier when I've got money. Like, (laughs) I make no bones about that. Money makes me feel more uh, safe. It makes me feel like I can go and do the things I want, all the things you've described – like, would I prefer to eat at McDonald's or go to a, a five-star restaurant, um, Michelin restaurant or whatever? I know which one I choose. Yeah. Sometimes you want a McDonald's, but sometimes you want to eat, you know, and have a gourmet meal or whatever. I just, I don't know why people seem to be so negative about money. And I think there's a the saying, money is the root of all evil. And again, I just think that's, it's probably a control yeah. thing from people that have money to try and control the people that, 
that want the money to make it sound like it's a bad thing, no, but I don't it's think not, it's a bad thing at all. I think it's just um, having that balance to understand that not everybody has money and there are people, you know, and, and I think yeah, it's, yeah, totally. it's having, it's not going around, swanning around, saying that this is, you know, you do, but we all have lives and we shouldn't have to justify what we do in our lives just because somebody, somebody can't, because we all have choices yeah. and it's the choices that we make, isn't it? Yeah. And actually, although I'd imagine the job that you took redundancy from the account manager job was a reasonably yeah. well-paid job, probably not when you consider it now to what you're doing now as your own business, but you still then have to fill that hole, don't yeah. you, when you've not got that. And again, I, I see like, for, no, were you the breadwinner at the time or no? That situation because you're kind of, you've got two wages coming in. No, two good wages because my husband yeah. worked at the same company. So we've got two good wages coming in. And then all of a sudden you have these two kids and go, well, I don't really want to go back to work. And he's like, well, I've now got to pay all the bills. I can't do that, Sam, because yeah, yeah. We know we're, we're not going to be able to have the holidays and we can't have the nice things. And, and we did, you know, we had to move house because we couldn't fit five kids in the three bedroom house that we had. Well, three straight four bedroom house. So we yeah. had to move. Um, and we moved to a seven bedroom house. So we had, we went from a mortgage to a mortgage and, and then I decide to leave work yeah. and it's like, you know, putting that pressure on my husband was just incredible. And that was the other motivation because it was this thing of, I never wanted to be a kept person. I wanted to continue paying my way. I wanted to yeah. continue you know, still paying my half of the bills and everything. So it was right. It was about how do I make that work? How do we make it work? We actually went down to one car at one point because we didn't need, and it was because we didn't need two cars anymore. And you do, you'd look and see, okay, where can you, where can you cut back? Um, and what makes life more yeah. flexible for you? Not from, you know, even financially. So yeah, that there, there is that motivation as well of where you, you know, of bringing that in. And it's always been the same. It's a 50, our, our relationship is very 50-50. Yeah. And, and I think we're very fortunate. I know we talk about money in that way and I, we're very fortunate to be in the UK and, and what benefit that we have in the UK is that making yeah. money is a straightforward thing. People make it out to not be a straightforward thing, but you proved it. You had 30 clients, £100, and that gave you a good amount of money, arguably not valuing what you should have been valuing at the time, but you realised that and, and moved, you know, changed the goalposts a bit. But actually, the fact that you were able to, in this society, start a business, charge an amount of money, and find 30 people that would give you that means that it is available to you. I, I think the hardest thing probably is being in this mindset that you go to work and someone else pays your wages. And then all of a sudden going, I've got to go and find these people to pay my wages. It's a very different um, different way of thinking. Okay, so you've done that. So good. Um, we took a major tangent into that. I think it's so important, though, these conversations. So you, you did that. You moved to these 10 clients. Then what? The, the, how have you got that from there to then the agency that and so new people are working for you now? Team that work within the agency. So yeah. when so I got to a point within the business that actually I realized that my passion was the kind of social media coaching and training. But then when if we go yeah. back about 5 years ago, I start because I started having a really successful social media agency and a social media business, 
I started having other social media managers, specialists come to me and saying, you know, Sam, I'm really struggling to get clients. Do you offer mentoring? And it was like, yeah, I can do that. I can show you how I've, you know, grown my business and what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing, learning from all of my mistakes. So I started doing that on a one-to-one -one basis and then COVID hit. I was mega busy during the first part of COVID because all of these business realised that they had to go online but didn't know how to do it. So I I literally had to stop doing everything I was doing because I was kind of helping all of these business and I had to, uh, I hate using the word, but I had to pivot what I was doing. And there was this big panic of, oh my God, I'm going to lose all my social media management clients because COVID, you know, as soon as COVID hit, we thought that the world was financially going to end and I thought all my clients would leave because it would affect their business we only lost I only lost one social media management client and at the time I think I had about eight to nine clients that I was doing the management for but because I started getting really busy it was this juggling act of helping businesses turn online still doing the mentoring still doing the training and the social media management so what I decided to do was set up the Social Media Academy, which is a credited certified program now that not just mentors social media managers and specialists, but also takes somebody from having no social media knowledge or experience to becoming a qualified social media yeah. specialist. And the idea around that, when I started that four years ago, because it was in COVID that I started it, was everybody that came through the programme would be given an opportunity to then become a specialist within my agency. And that's how it's kind of grown. It's kind of been nice. this chicken and egg situation. You know, I see gems that come through my academy and go, you would be amazing working for me. Do you want to come and work for me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. The and then, getting the and then yeah. what I did, the clients I was looking after, I transitioned over to them because I kind of fell out of love of doing the social yeah. media management because I fell in love with doing the mentoring and the coaching and then it just got to a point where we were getting more inquiries and then having to take more people on and then when we kind of look at today we've got yeah eight in the team that all look after different social media clients on a daily basis and and that's what I love. And and like with the academy now, that's kind of merging. I'm going to be building a foundation this year because the idea around it is, is I want the academy to be a place where parents with special needs children or children with complex issues, those parents can't work. They can't have yeah. a full time job and they feel that they're not a person. They feel that they're just there for their child so the idea around the, the academy and the foundation will be to give them that option to go, look, there is this option for you to have your own business or the option to come and work within my yeah. business. But I know that the money's tight. So what we will then do, we'll use the foundation to help fund the academy for those families that you know want to do it, but they financially can't. And then, of course, the academy's open yeah. to everybody else as well. So because that part, the part where everyone pays for the academy is going to fund the foundation. Yeah, which is funny, right? Because you can only be altruistic in that way if you have your yeah. your fees covered. You know, if you're, if, if you're being paid a good amount for what you do, you can then decide, how can I distribute some of this 
this wealth, whether you call it wealth or not, depending on where it's at. But um, you can just distribute the, the money and, and decide that you can support other people yeah. in whichever way you see fit. And I, I think that's the other part of people see it as like, just earning loads of money means you go and get a private jet or do whatever. And actually, a lot of the time when you get to that point, you, you sit and think, well, I know where I was. I know what I struggled with. I know how difficult it was for me to make that step. How can I help people know what I think is the best thing for them to do to go and start their own social media management agency or whatever, yeah. whatever it is they want, you know. So you said like you support people with special needs, additional needs, whatever you want to call it. How did was that? How did that come about? Why, um, why did you choose that? That group I think of it kind to, of it, it's kind of happened naturally. So last year the business had incredible. We tripled the business turnover last year. We had an incredible year last year, and the growth was absolutely outstanding. But for me, that's what I wanted to do. So if I take you back um, to eighteen months ago. I so I only came back I had to take 18 months out of my business and only actually came back into my business in September 2022 because my son our fourth child Bo was became really really poorly in October 2020 to the point that I became his full-time carer and I couldn't work couldn't look after my clients thankfully I did have I had a couple of social media management clients that I was looking after that gave me that kind of income you know, just so I was kind of having something come in. But I had this 18-month gap where I was very, very backseat in my business. But because I'd built the foundations of having residual income, passive income, and also the people knowing exactly what I did and who I was, not only did it give me an income in those 18 months while I was off with Bo, it meant that when I came back in the September... I didn't have to think to myself, I've now got to pick everything up. I came back and everybody knew what it was that I did. So I think that's why the growth last year was incredible because I kind of knew what I wanted to do. I knew where I wanted to take the business and it was like, nothing's stopping me now. We've got to go with this. And what's the worst that can happen? And how it's kind of worked out. So Bo's had special needs since he was two. And Bo goes to a special needs school. But when he was poorly, he was later diagnosed with a rare mental health condition called PAUSE, which is pervasive arousal withdrawal syndrome. It's when a child suffers a trauma and the body, the subconscious part of the brain shuts the body down. So it stops them from walking, talking, eating and drinking independently. And it shuts them away from the world. So we went from having a fun, loving boy who loved his Lego, loved playing on his PlayStation, his gaming, to watching TV programs, to playing jokes, to literally, in theory, being in a coma where I would feed him, I'd have to bathe him, the whole works. And that was a massive shock, you know, not just for the family, but for everything. And we didn't know what the outcome was because we were, when we got the diagnosis, we were told that recovery and rehab was 12 to 18 months, but we wouldn't get a bed in a mental health facility for at least a year. So we had this kind of thing of, well, Bo right. could be 14, 15 before he's even on the road to recovery. So I didn't at that time know what was going to happen with my business and the business was just put on hold. You know, I was earning 1,500 quid a month and that was fine because that kind of meant that I could still be financially contributing to the household and 
and that that was fine for what we needed yeah. to. So when I came back into the business, it was like, right, Bo's back in school. Bo's now better because we spent six months in a rehab hospital. And it was like, come on, you've got to do this now. There's no COVID. Bo's not ill. Let's get going. And that's why, you know, I decided that we needed to, you know, really move the business over. And from March last year up until the end, of, we had this humongous growth absolutely incredible i mean i'm happy to share the figures if you want me to but i was and that's because of the hard work i had a plan i knew what i wanted to do and i just started bringing team on because i do believe that if you want to grow your business you need to have that team supporting you you can't do it on your own yeah yeah I, and, and and so what i'm hearing you say is so you, it's partly that you had the personal issues go on that that highlighted the need for this residual income this um it allowed you to take a back seat but keep things going enough that you were able yeah. to continue bringing an income in which i think is why it's important you know bring it back to youtube as a general thing but really any kind of social media platform where you can bring an income in is having that residual income knowing that it's going to come yeah. in regardless of what happens um I, I know that m would have meant it slowed your growth down at that point. But again, you were able to then 18 months yeah. later, just go and pick it up again, which is brilliant. Um, okay. Uh, we're, we're kind of running out of time. And so <laughs> we don't need to know your numbers. Although if anybody wants to speak to Sam, uh, like me, she's very yeah. open. I'm sure she'd love to have a conversation with you about it. And of course, Sam is at TubeFest. So you can come and hang out with us both on May the 23rd. Sam, can we just talk about your session quickly at TubeFest? What are you going to be uh, talking about in that session? The session is called The Alchemy of Social Media Psychology. Turn yeah, your so I'm going to be showing gold. you and talking to you, well, telling you or talking to you, not telling you that, you know, I'm not going to tell you off, but I'm going to be sharing with you how you can implement social media psychology strategies and social media strategies into your kind of business to really help you get your content out there and make sure that your content is actually turn, you know creating those sales because so many businesses put content out there and it's just yeah. tumbleweed it's not working it's not getting engagement it's not bringing it's not telling people what you're trying to achieve it's not bringing the sales in and that's what I'm going to be doing and I'm going to be sharing lots of tips and advice on how you can do that as well Wicked. And I, and I think that's the thing that I think a lot of people miss is the they do all the marketing and they do all the, the content that they put in together, but they're not making any money. And I'm like, how have yeah. you not got a call to action or moving moving an audience into an email list or something? This seems mad to me. Uh, you've got to start thinking strategically. You know, you can generate this huge audience on these platforms, but you've got to actually do yeah. something. More. If that's your driver, maybe it's not your driver and you just love the, the you know, you're doing it for you as a passion project. But for most of us, I think financially we need to be secure and, and hopefully what you're going to be sharing is going to help them with that kind of thing. Thanks so much, Sam. I really appreciate it. I could talk to you forever. I feel, feel like your story is so fascinating and definitely digging into those numbers and looking at how you've managed to do that in mm -hmm. such, such a small small amount of time is, is yeah. probably something we should do as a follow-up. But thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Oh, I should also oh, ask, how can I'm people find you, I'm on social media, go? so you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok. I do have a YouTube account, but I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I don't use it as I should be, but Matt's going to change that for me. 
We're going to change We're that. Gonna change that. We're going to change that. Yeah, you can sure. find me at Samantha Cameron. Good. If you search Samantha Cameron social on your internet browser, you'll find all my social media and my website. Thank you. Okay. Welcome. Thanks, Thanks so for much, having Sam. me. Really appreciate it. Bye. Bye-bye. See you in May.